welcome to Crime Time with Maggie Sten. What you're going to be listening to is a series of episodes called The Times Aren't Changing, They Have Changed. With me is Joel Coleman, who has a lot of questions. We're going to talk today about the history of sexual assault law in New South Wales and the amendments that have recently been made to the sexual consent laws in New South Wales. To be honest, I'm nervous. Oh, if I were a male, I would be very nervous. No, I actually think I'm I'm nervous because, uh, not because I'm male, I'm nervous because there are so many people that have been through some absolutely horrendous experiences in their lives as victims of sexual crimes. Yeah. And there are things that we're going to discuss that might be really uncomfortable for them. Yes. So if you're not wanting to listen, maybe don't listen to this episode. Okay. All right? I think yep. that's kind I, yeah, of something we should say. Yeah, yeah, I agree All with right. that. Yeah. So let's go back to the very the, – not the very beginning, but let's, let's just talk about uh, where sexual consent laws were in New South Wales prior to the amendments that we've just seen. Well, I don't really think that they were very different because there still had to be consent. But I think to look at this, I think you have to look at the history of sex anyway. Sex as it's perceived in society and sex as it's perceived between men and between women. Like if you look at the Victorian era, I mean, people didn't talk about sex. The theory was they didn't have sex. You only had sex to have children and that was it. Well, I mean, if you believe that, you believe the tooth fairy. But that's obviously what people were doing. Then you had the sexual revolution in the 60s where the pill happened and women were taking the pill and women were burning bras and there was sex was supposed to be far freer. But the perception has always been that in my view, I think that men are sex maniacs, but women don't really like sex. I think that's the way it's been seen, and I think that's both are wrong, obviously. Yeah, there was a there's a miscon- societal misconceptions yes. about how sex is viewed. Yes, completely. Um, and it was that cons- the consent laws were that you had to show consent in. In trials, when you actually went to trial, if the girl said that, no, I wasn't consenting, you had to show why. Prior to the, when, I can't remember when the first act was changed, but prior to the 80s and 90s, I think it's in 1990 that they brought in new legislation. But prior to that, it was pretty gruesome. If you came forward and said that you'd been raped, oh, the defence lawyer would make out that, you know, it's all your fault and you're just a slut. Okay, so let's let's start there because that's that's a really nasty thing to start yes. on. So let's, yeah. let's pick yeah. it. This um, review that you've sent me has – Four points that they say are the common myths and misconceptions Mm. about sexual assault. I think they're worth reading out. Yeah. One, that women and children are inherently unreliable and lie about sexual assault. Okay. Yeah. That the accusation of rape is easily made but difficult to challenge. That sexual assault is most likely to be committed by a stranger. And that women cannot be sexually assaulted by their spouse. 
So these are four really big points. And you've dealt with the first one already, right? That women and children are inherently unreliable. That it was a he said, she said scenario. And yes, but can I tell you, can I just stop you there? It, today it still is a he said, she said, because it's very rare that you actually have witnesses to the actual sexual act. So it still is that. But what was seen before was that, and this goes back to that women, nice girls, didn't have sex. So if the defence could find other sexual partners she had, this is what they said. And that's where the unreliability comes in. Right. And as was the case when we spoke about uh, domestic violence, a husband could not be convicted of, of raping his wife. That's right. Yes. Because she had no opportunity, oh, not, not even sure what the right word is. She had no, um, no standing. Ab- ability to, yeah. to deny sex. Yes. Okay. We have moved past that. Yes. I hope. Yeah, we okay. have. Yeah. Um, but we're now in a situation where um, sexual consent laws have been challenged and amended. Yes. And now this came up mostly because a young lady by the name of Saxon Mullins came forward after a rape trial and pushed for new consent laws after the perpetrator uh, who was not convicted through that court case. Yeah, can I say something about that? Please do. Okay, I. this is only my take on this. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally think with everything I read about that case, it was a very brave judge that found him not guilty and I think that was the right result because he might be a pig of a human being and he had absolutely no respect for her and treated her like that, but in my view, it still wasn't rape. They're two different things, and I think there's a current case that we shouldn't be talking about that's exactly the same thing. If this guy had have wined and dined this girl, given her flowers and been nice to her and not treated her like rubbish, she wouldn't have yelled rape. This is difficult for me because I have the opposite view. I found it Kind of appalling, and I, I'm not a lawyer, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You found it appalling morally and as a human being. I agree. Yeah. I completely agree with that. But to the letter of the law, what you're stating yeah. is that it, 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 the judge made the right decision. Yes, yes. Now, what I found, and if you read the history of the Act here, mm. um, it says that the focus on consent in a, in a trial is inextricably linked to the focus on credibility. Now, at the trial, can I mention the name of both both names of the people that were in, in that trial? A bit sticky? Maybe don't I do don't that? I don't think so. Okay, I won't do that. In that trial, there are a number of character witnesses brought forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, and these character witnesses happen to be fairly senior and fairly high profile, mostly men, from Sydney society. Now, if this concept of character can come into a rape claim, then I don't have, think that's what that means. That's not? No. Okay, so I've read that incorrectly. You've read that incorrectly. What that means is that because there's only two people that are there, mm. and they're the only two people that are there, um, credibility comes into it. Again, telling the truth. But if you have, what I'm getting at, if you have character witnesses come forward and say, well, this person is an honest, upstanding citizen, yeah. he's definitely telling the truth and you have the ability to draw in those high-profile people simply because of your profile in, in, and who you associate mm. with, but the alleged victim uh, is 
not from from that socioeconomic group, there seems to be a disadvantage in no. in the weight of each statement. Not the no, case. Not the case because the victim doesn't need to bring in those people anyway, um, and. Character witnesses carry very little weight. Really? Yeah, very okay. little. Which shows I've, I've not yeah, spent much yeah, time with yeah. No, exactly. Carry yeah. very little weight. What the, the judge has to be satisfied beyond a reasonable doubt that that was sexual intercourse without consent. Okay. That's what they have to be satisfied of. So let's, let's jump forward a few steps and then maybe we'll come back yeah. to this. If once these... Uh, Amendments to the Act had been changed, which the new consent laws are designed to uh, clarify consent, yes. uh, strengthen the laws to provide that if someone consents to one sexual act, it doesn't mean that they are that they've consented to other sexual acts. To ensure fairer and more effective prosecutions of sexual offences. Yes. To address misconceptions about consent in trial proceedings. Yeah. And to improve the victim experience of the justice system. Yeah. There's a little bit more to that, but I'll stop reading yep. it there. Mm-hmm. Now, under those amendments, if a trial came before a judge yep. with exactly the same circumstances, mm-hmm. is the person now guilty? Well, Neither you nor I were in that courtroom, so we only know what we're reading in the newspapers. Okay, and it was judge alone as well. Yes, it was a judge alone trial. So I would say no, because once again, the complaint happened after. It didn't happen before. My understanding of it was she happily walked out the back into the back lane with him. She happily started the sexual act with him. She just didn't particularly like the one he chose. Which to me seems to suggest there wasn't consent. But yes, but she wasn't saying that at the time. She said it later. Right, which is where this gets really difficult because of the freeze response, which you've spoken, or I've I've not, I've read a lot about, where under stressful situations like that, in this case a woman, didn't want to consent, but she didn't make it known that she wasn't disproving of the act. I'm trying to choose my language yeah, I here. Know, I know, I know. At the same time, she didn't offer enthusiastic consent, should we say. So, Yes, but we don't know that. All we know is what mm, she said later. And uh, correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, but didn't she go back in and have a drink with him too? I'm not aware of that. If it yeah, didn't. I don't know if that yeah. – yeah. I just don't think that's a very good example at all of okay. anything because, firstly, there she was in this nightclub, um, obviously enjoying the guy being the uh, the son of the owner and, you know, he's probably throwing his weight around. She probably enjoyed all that. I mean, where did she really think she was going in the back lane? I mean, it's- yeah, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I just – I can't agree with you on that. I can't think that – it's okay to proceed when there's doubt and maybe... Well, I don't know. How can he have doubt if she's all over him like a rash? She thinks he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. She follows him around everywhere. How can he have doubt? Yeah. And I don't think he's Einstein, (laughs) quite frankly. (laughs) Maybe I shouldn't comment on that. Um, Okay, so where we've got to, though, is you must... 
ascertain consent, not assume consent, is what, what the yes. new lords are saying. Yes. So have a look at what is now no longer a defence. Go to circumstances in which there is no, no consent. consent. Okay. So I love the way these are structured. Yeah. Part but, 61 HJ, yeah, part yeah. 1A. But look at what they are. They are okay. absolutely ridiculous. If you read all okay, those. Okay, well, let's uh, read it. Let's okay, read, it. read okay. it. A person does not consent to a sexual activity if the person does not say or do anything to communicate consent, which is what we've just yeah, discussed. Yeah, that one's fine, yeah. The person does not have the capacity to consent to the sexual activity. I think fine. that's fairly yeah, reasonable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The person is so affected by alcohol or another drug as to be incapable of consenting to the sexual activity. Uh-huh. If you're unconscious, you generally don't want to have sex. Yeah. I'm going to run with that. Not generally. I'm going to say you don't. No, you don't. But hang on, hang on. So affected by alcohol. What does that actually mean? Let me give you an example of a case. Um, this was a bunch of young English people. English and Irish are all backpackers. And they were all at that beach hotel in Bondi and everybody's happily drinking and, you know, everyone's drunk. Then they go back to one person's apartment, drinking again. This particular girl was with my client, drags him into the bedroom. She did the dragging, right? They're in the bedroom. He claims they were, which is a term, you know, they were spooning and one thing led to another, Everybody's still drunk. They then go to sleep. Her boyfriend found them that morning. The boyfriend went nuts. She then says she was raped. Under this legislation, he's got no hope. Right. Okay. Well, let's go through that. Let's go through that example. Okay. So did the person uh, say or do anything to communicate consent? I don't believe so. Well, I think she did. because In the, be- in the beginning? Maybe. It- yeah, but then, yeah, when the spooning happened, she was the one who was... Was she asleep then, though? No. No, okay, so she's still no, awake. Okay, yeah. Might misunderstood yeah. what you said. Okay. Um, okay, that's difficult because if she was awake and consenting but intoxicated, if you're not allowed to have sex when you're drunk, I think there's going to be a lot of people exactly. that are going to find themselves yeah. in trouble. Yeah, exactly. This is, yeah. this is going to lead to so many court cases and such a backlog... This is interesting. I've not, I've obviously not heard this side of it before, and I thought that these laws were no, very terrible. progressive and almost too late in coming. Te- um, and, on, and on top of which, I mean, quite seriously, how many people actually sleep through sex? I don't think it's it's a matter of sleeping through sex. I think it's a matter of being so intoxicated that you're unconscious or on what any other kind of drug that you have not the capacity to, to maintain consciousness. And at that point, you, to me, if someone's having sex with you, that's rape. I just I can't see another way around that. Yeah, but I don't – look, yeah, yes, but I think that this can also be just if you – people can be drunk and still be quite conscious – Absolutely, and and and, and consenting, yeah, obviously, yeah, but not lot, according yeah. to this. Well, I guess that's where the where this this law may um, find its problem, which is that word "so." You know, yeah, that's th- right, that's right. I agree with the unconscious or asleep. Mm. The person participates in this sexual activity because of force, fear of force, or fear of serious harm of any kind to the person, and. 
that's duress. That's always been there. Coercion, yeah, blackmail, yeah, intimidation. That one's fine. All of that's fine. Yeah. Well, not fine. Yeah. It's reasonable. Yeah, it's reasonable. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Keep going. Okay. Then we get down to overborne by an abusive relationship or of authority, trust, or dependence. Yes. Now, that last word becomes very difficult as well, is dependence, because yeah. if you're being coerced into sex under the threat of being kicked out of a yeah. household and yeah. you're dependent on that, yeah. that's still rape. Sure. Yeah, um, that'd be dear. The person participates in the sexual activity because the person is mistaken about the nature of the sexual activity. Which one are you reading? Uh, I, part one, right down the very bottom. Okay. And then the last one is the purpose of the sexual activity, including about whether the sexual well, activity is- Can we just go back to the first one? Go back one? to I? Let's go, yep. Yeah, let's go back to I. Okay. Okay. So the girl has sex and because she presumes the sex is going to be this way and it's not, so she's mistaken. Yeah, I'm with the girl on that one still. Why? Because there there is opportunity during sex um, that that you can reasonably – I'm not going to use the words assume, but you can reasonably gain consent from one sexual act to another. And I, I don't think you can assume that because something is You're happening – You're assuming in, that once this sexual act happens, she says, no, I don't want to do this. At that point, you have to stop. Yes, but that's not how it reads. So it's my interpretation that's at fault here. that's not how it reads. Oh, no, a lot of people would have your interpretation, and that's what she would try to show the court. But, you know, I guarantee you in a lot of these cases, she won't have said boo, but later she'll say. That's the problem. That's the problem, which I said it before, but the freeze response. So let's make up a scenario, a... Male or female, meet, have a few drinks, back to an apartment, a few more drinks, quite intoxicated by this point, start moving towards sex, and she does not want to consent to that, but freezes and doesn't know how to say no, And, and yet the other person proceeds. So is a freeze response then... And there's a fear in that. How, yeah. how does how would the courts deal with that? Because according to this, according look, according to this, I think everybody's going to be found guilty because there's just. I think they. I think a court would say that would be. Oh, she's. You could tell she wasn't consenting. Mm. But what you're implying is that the events leading up to the point where consent was with withdrawn. Mm. Let's use that word led the perpetrator or the alleged perpetrator to believe that there was consent. Yes, and also it depends on the age of the person too. I mean, you know, if we're talking about teenage boys or very young men, they're not really in the driver's seat often with sexual activity. They don't really think about it properly. Let's let's go down this path a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm not a boy, but I've certainly been told this. I am a boy yeah. and I was once a teenage boy. Yeah. Okay, and it's probably easier for me now um, in my forties to look back at that time and say, "Well, I would never have done something like that." Yeah. But let's let's go back and throw alcohol, drugs, mm. parties, mm. hormones, yeah, all hormone. of that hormones into the, the mix. Yeah. I still think there's no excuse for it, and oh, I still I think that the concept of consent needs to be given. So, how do you ensure teenage boys? and teenage girls are aware of what consent actually is then. I don't know, but I don't think with this because this is just make, makes it too difficult. And there's another bit which basically says that, see, 
So I think the bit you're looking for is um, this section does not limit the grounds on which it may be established that a person does not consent to sexual activity. Okay, let's go back to your other to the other one with the nature of the sexual activity. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they have sex in a particular way. She's really happy with that one. Mm-hmm. Okay, there was complete consent. Then they move a little bit and do something else, and she's not wrapped in it, but she doesn't really say anything. What do you do then? Is that consent or not? That is so grey. Yeah, I would be advising any man could go on a date with a notebook and another person with him, get signatures. Seriously, I just think this is... It's too far. It's, it's too far. It's ridiculous. Which is really interesting because the, the way this has been portrayed um, and written up in the newspapers, which is where I've got yeah, most sure. of my information from, is that these laws are a breakthrough for acts of sexual violence and that it's going to massively assist in women coming forward who have been victims and allow their cases to be heard rather than them having to be tortured. Well, first of all, what this Act also doesn't tell you, that in the 90s there was another section brought in where you're not allowed to do all this, bring in her previous sexual experience. That was another whole thing Mm. where you had to make certain applications to judges. Now, again, had a case, and this was a young kid. They were both just 17 or something, and she claimed that he'd sexually assaulted her, but she was not well. She really was not well. She'd been in and out of institutions and she was getting psychiatric treatment. We couldn't raise any of that. But if you looked at her previous record, she'd done this a number of times to people. Very complicated. Yeah, and that happens. So, yes, there will be victims that come forward and there may be some that this helps, but there's going to be just so many. It's just terrible. And This is a goodie about the identity of the other person. I mean, I've had those ones too where, oh, I only had sex with him because I thought he was Joe, my boyfriend. Right. Well, quite frankly, uh, that now is no longer. A d- yeah. Well, I think that's that comes down to I was intoxicated and was under the impression that it was someone else because you couldn't really claim that you thought it was someone else if you were of sound no, mind. But if no, you're, but if you're intoxicated enough to know you're having the sex and you think it's Somebody is. It's difficult. Yeah. Okay. So what what I see this has done is it's shifted the onus of proof. Yeah. Massively. So the onus of establishing a matter referred to in subsection three lies with the accused Mm -hmm. on the balance of probabilities. Yes, which is no test at all. We're back to that. So that's the problem. It's a huge problem. What happened to beyond reasonable doubt if it's a criminal offence? See, slowly, I have a real problem with all these legislations because slowly we're just watering down the system. We're watering down this Westminster laws, which is our laws, and they were pretty good. See, I think you're a a very brave woman to come forward and and actually say this as well because of the the pushback that I could see you get against this. Oh, absolutely. But if if you're standing by what you believe, or not what you believe, you can't really believe in a law. You either understand it or you don't. Yes. Yes. So if your understanding of the law after practicing it for several decades now is that that we've actually created a problem here. Yeah, 36 years to be exact, yeah. And dealt with sexual assault cases that we've we've opened Pandora's box. Yeah. Can we go back to the intoxication question for a second? There's a line here that says, for the purposes of making any finding under this section – 
The trier of the fact must not consider any self-induced intoxication of the accused person. Mm. So does that mean you can be too intoxicated to give consent, but not too intoxicated to assume consent? Exactly. That's exactly what it means. I'm now, starting to I'm starting to understand yeah. where you're coming from. Now tell me how that can be fair. Well, I think where that's going to become really problematic is how you define intoxicated. Because if I have two sniffs of half a bottle of grape juice, I will be intoxicated. But the person next to me can drink half a slab of beer and still be, you know, compass. Sure. Sure. So, but where intox- do we- intoxication was never a help for crimes anyway. Please go on. Well, it's never been a defence. There was a case, I can't remember the name of the case where this guy actually got an acquittal because his excuse was he was intoxicated, but I think that's the only case ever. Generally, it's always been that is no excuse. So you chose to drink, therefore your yeah. personal responsibility is maintained. Yes. Unless we look at these laws where if you chose to drink, now your personal responsibility is absolved because you didn't consent. I'm not sure where I'm Well, yeah, but that's the victim. That's the victim. That's the victim. This law is all about the victim, and I am changing it to that changing the onus and the onus shifts on the balance of probabilities like it does with all sorts of other laws, which we won't go into, is just, in my view, really, really unfair. I think this is fraught with problems, not just for the defendant. I think it is for the complainant as well. I just think this is knee-jerk reaction that hasn't been thought out properly. So... In order to wrap this one up, mm. because there is there is a huge amount of information we've gone through here, we've enacted new laws based pretty much off one case, as far as I understand. Probably, yeah. Yeah, which have reduced the effectiveness of the concept of the onus, sorry, the beyond reasonable doubt yes. of the Westminster system. Yes. And that's your gripe against the amendment yes. as opposed to any particular... Um, circumstance under which a woman may accuse someone. Well, I think the circumstances are very unfair too. Look, I find it very, very hard to believe Mm. that anyone is ever – if you are so intoxicated, how can you have sex anyway? Well, if you're unconscious and the other person is not, then – yeah, but it doesn't yeah. say unconscious. Doesn't say it says that. intoxicated. So if you're so intoxicated, mm. how can you have sex anyway? And how can you be believe that it's someone else? I mean, it's ridiculous. If you're married to someone or if you have a boyfriend, you know that person. So I think what's happening here is that there are um, opportunities to bring in um, hypothetical cases and apply them to the way this act has been presented yes. that show that the act isn't pre- is not watertight. Yes. And and that's where we're at. Yes. Yeah. Look, this fits in with everything that's happening in society now and being a woman, I think it's great that women now have rights because they haven't for years. And I've always thought that. I thought that when it wasn't fashionable to think so. I've employed women solicitors. I've, I've always thought that women were equal to men in the workforce and in lots of things. But like everything, the pendulum swings too far the other way. It's in every revolution. 
And this is just another revolution. It's a very important revolution. Mm. And it will eventually even out. But I think there's going to be casualties. So to end this one, mm. you've just said that you, you believe that it will even out. So you think that these acts are going to be refined again in the future to bring I, them back? I believe they're going to have to be because there's just going to be so many cases and such a backlog and it's just going to be extremely difficult. Part of me hopes that we'll never have to go there because there won't be cases of sexual violence um, brought in front of the courts because I hate to think that people still perpetrate those crimes. But it is inevitable. It's going to happen. And I hope for the victims that they get their day in court and justice prevails. And I hope for those wrongly accused that they don't have to go through a hellish life experience for something that they didn't do. I agree with you. And in an ideal world, that's what would happen. But unfortunately, we're not in an ideal world. And the only way things change is through revolutions and not always for the better. Sometimes it's for the worse to get to the good place. Do you believe we will get to a good place with sexual consent laws? Look, I think we can, yes, because I still think that it's actually rape is still pretty rare. I really think it is. Well, you face cases of it regularly. So. Yeah. I just don't particularly – look, I think, you know, children, all that, completely different. That is just completely different. But when it comes to consent for consenting adults, I still don't think that it's as common as people think. And the sort of people that do that, again, need educating. Yeah, a little bit more than educating. I think there's – I mean, I, this is probably somewhere we're probably going to end this on a question, yeah. but I, I tend to view uh, sexual assault as a violent crime as opposed to it a is. crime of, it's of a, yeah, it's a seriously violent crime. crime, but it seems that it's separated from violent crime with regard to where the law stands, given that it has its own act uh, to ensure what's going on is consensual or not. But it's a very difficult area. Um, it, it's, a, it's an extremely difficult area because it's also an area that not only is the perpetrator, can the perpetrator use fear, duress, all sorts of things, but the complainant can too. I but mean, unique in its, in its application. It's uh, very unique. I mean, I've had cases where they've gone out for three, four years and they've broken up, but yet they still see each other for sex occasionally when one or the other one feels like it. And it's the late night phone call, all that. And then he gets the phone call to come over and he goes over. And then she says, you know, what? they're halfway through and she says, I'm not interested. Relationships and emotion are very difficult to tie into the law, obviously. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have a clear cut case here of someone stole something or someone did something illegal. No. As much as I would like to be able to view it that way, I think this conversation has, has highlighted that, yes. that it is actually just incredibly difficult. It's very difficult. And I think the topic, that, well, the two topics that we've done here that I think were really dependent on human nature is the domestic violence and the sexual assault. I agree. All right. Well, I think we should probably say this is a difficult conversation. It is. And the laws are 
well, it seems changing regularly. Yes. Or they, well, they've already changed in this act, yes. which is what we were discussing. Uh, and we will, you know, as a society, hopefully progress to a more refined version of these laws until we get it right. Can I just, before we finish on the sexual assault, because I'm a hell of a lot older than you. Not that much. Very much, <laughs> very much. When I was a teenager, well, nice girls just didn't have sex. That was it. That was, you know, nice girls didn't have sex and that was the end of it. And if they did have sex, they sure spent a lot of time saying no, no, no. That has completely changed. Just to let listeners know, we're talking about one generation yes. difference here. So, the, the no, one generation. I'm only one generation separated from you, Maggie. Oh, rubbish! Yeah. <laughs> you know you're not. Okay, well, let's. We're not going to put numbers yeah, on the yeah, table yeah. to prove that. Yeah, <laughs> but um, we're not talking about a huge period of time. But what you're suggesting is that society changes. Yes, and the view of of young women in particular has changed completely. And now the law is trying to catch up. Yes. And the fact that women's views have changed on that, I see as a good thing. Definitely a positive. Because that was just ridiculous. You know, then we go back to women don't like sex, men do. That's just rubbish. People are lying to themselves at that point. I think we should knock this one on the head there, Maggie. (laughs) Great to talk about this. It's a difficult conversation. It is. Okay, thank you.